We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's November 9th. It is 2023. We have NFL Week 10 main slate to break down and talk about here on today's podcast. Joined, as always, for the NFL Podcast by Keith Eister. Keith, I like this NFL slate. We were talking pre-show last week. The NFL slate was, like, iffy. Um, it ended up being a losing week for me, so maybe I should have just trusted my gut and not played as much, but um nascar held me up so i'm not too concerned about it but uh week 10 slate there's some really good games on this slate i have like three or four games that i really like on a 10 game slate yeah this one looks like a dream compared to what we were dealing with last week there were so many totals under 40 last week um and there were extra games it was a bad week for me too it was a really hard week i think if you made money last week congratulations because it it was definitely a difficult week um we loved the Houston Tampa Bay game and that absolutely smashed but didn't quite have enough Stroud and didn't find the the pairing with um uh Dalton Schultz and Tank Dell together which just kind of hurt me um and then way way too much Alvin Kamara loved the spot for him I got on Bijan Robinson once Drake London was ruled out that did not work out at well thanks at all thanks Arthur Smith like just how do you spend a high first round draft pick on a running back, and then you barely use him. It is just the most tilting thing. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a decent game, wasn't really, really efficient, but he did find the end zone. But I don't know, got a couple of things right, a lot wrong. Not a good week for me either. So moving on to week 10, this is a better slate for sure. So, so Keith, one of my main tournament teams last week, Stroud, White, Collins, Dell, Komet. You'd be oh, like, baby. oh my gosh, that team is like, <laughs> heck yeah. Alvin Kamara, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin. Like, are you kidding me? Like, any production? Oh, any production there, man. Like, uh, and like McLaurin wasn't terrible. Don't get me wrong. Um, But like, Chris Godwin, 3.6 fantasy points. Alvin Kamara, 11 fantasy points. So, like, 
that team, like it, it still made, um, it still made money. It was just like that team had the potential to like take down tournaments, and it was like sure. one of my main teams that was like on like three entry max type of contests, and it was like, oh man, if it if it just would have, in the correlation with like Godwin, it was just like man, um, and, and listen. Last week on the podcast, I sat here and I said that I was going to be underweight on the Cowboys game. It went, it, it did, it did what it did. Um, and like I, I, I already said that like if that game went off, I was probably going to have a bad week. It was just so much more than that. Um, it was, it was devil. It was Singletary. Um, it was stealing. Like I mean, like there's just so much uh, to last week that didn't go right. I had a couple things right. We were we were really high on White last week. He had a a really big game in that Houston game. We were on that game in general. That game went off. Uh, but Evans and Godwin were like two of my main pieces on like all of my Stroud Mayfield stacks. And we, we know what happened there. So uh, we move on. We got a great slate, a lot of games to talk about. So let's jump in, have some fun. What's up, YouTube? What's up, Easy? He said he had a 4X week. Heck yeah. Great job, nice. dude. um he said he went Dak, cd white josh jacobs um josh jacobs had a really good game yep so we'll we're gonna talk about um i don't think he's on the slate but there's a couple running backs that have been like on my no playlist that i'm on this week so that'd be fun oh no (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah i hope you're not gonna say but i have a feeling you're gonna say them (laughs) well we're gonna start with uh two of them in the same game right off the bat here we got green bay packers at pittsburgh steelers 38 and a half total in this game pittsburgh a three-point favorite we'll start here with the green bay side they basically told us that they were gonna unleash aaron jones last week and they surely did 20 rushing attempts um six targets out of the backfield he had a rushing touchdown 19 fantasy points. He's still only 6,500. Um, he's where I want to start because, honestly, the rest of the offense has just been atrocious. Um, Jordan Love hasn't been playing great. We want Watson to be a thing. He can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. We know like the talent is there for under 5K. Pittsburgh's defense is a team that does a great job of pressuring the quarterback, which worries me a little bit with Jordan Love. I think this is a spot if they're going to give Aaron Jones 20 carries – and if they get behind, he's going to get some passing work as well. I think Aaron Jones, my favorite player from the Packers this week. I'm, I'm with you. I can get behind this one for sure. Um, I tried it out a couple of times while he was still, he tried to come back too early from this hamstring injury. They finally let him get some rest and get it right. It feels like um, 20 carries was awesome to see. Pittsburgh has not been great against the run. So that, that is exactly how I want to attack this team. Um, Jones has a nice role out of the backfield as well six targets last week five the week before so game script proof um his quarterback stinks so i don't think i could target the passing game here um aaron jones is a play for green bay for me i'm not interested in a ton else i think he can take some shots on musgrave um he has been dealing with an injury as well but he's been out there four targets last week for 51 yards on a touchdown that's that's solid production for 3700 um but i don't think i'm I'm not trusting Jordan Love enough to go after these receivers at this point. I think it's the right call. Jordan Love has been – it's been a tough scene. Yep. Um, I think Pittsburgh's defense is in play. We'll start with that as far as the Steelers are concerned. I think they're going to get after the young quarterback here. Um, if Aaron Jones can't get going, I think the Pittsburgh defense – I mean, they could give up a couple touchdowns and still have a solid game here. So I, I like the Steelers' defense. 
Keith, as much as it pains me to say it, I kind of like Najee Harris this week. He's had at least 14 rushing attempts in four of his last five games. He's getting the targets out of the backfield still. And the Pittsburgh offense looks competent. And he's 4,900. Like, this is the same. He's, like, in the price range that we played for Devin Singletary last week. Now, Warren's still going to get work, and we know that. But I, I really I feel like Pittsburgh's super easy for me this week. I want some Najee Harris and I want Deontay Johnson because the targets are there. Twenty three targets in two games since returning. Um, I guess he returned week seven and played like he had a, kind of a pitch count, but he still had six targets in that game. So twenty nine targets in the three games since returning. Um, Pickens has just kind of disappeared since you know Johnson's gotten healthy. I think that you're taking shots on Johnson. And you're taking shots on Harris here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like the Najee Harris play is not comfortable. Um, he just has not been efficient since his rookie season, but the volume is still there. And now that the price is way down here at 4,900, like I've done much worse things than clicked. I've clicked much worse players at 4,900 than Najee Harris. So like way too high of a draft pick. It was a dumb pick by Pittsburgh. Um, he did not deserve to be selected that high, but 4,900 matchup against Green Bay doesn't scare me. The role is outstanding. I don't love it. It's not comfortable, but I, I definitely get it. I'll, I'll probably have some Najee as well. And then the role for Deontay Johnson is is really hard to ignore. He's still way too cheap. Um, I, I don't love the game overall, but I, do, I don't mind taking an Aaron Jones, Deontay Johnson stack, I, I think is my favorite way to play this game. Game stinks. Let's just be honest. This game stinks, but I think that there's still production here and like the pricing of this game. Like th- we have some games that we're going to pay up for some players. Like, you know, we're going to talk about the Chargers game. Obviously, that game is just absolutely phenomenal. And like the um, Houston Cincinnati game is phenomenal. That game's not cheap. Yep. So I-, I think like we're looking for some like cheaper pieces that you don't even necessarily have to like run back on each side. So I think like just getting exposure to Harris, getting exposure to Johnson, getting exposure to Aaron Jones is just like, where you want to be, like if you're playing 150, I think I'd even throw in like a little bit of Pickens in there. Um, but I, I think that Johnson has a little bit more upside right now. Pickens is a really talented wide receiver, though. So um, th- this is just a game. I have nothing to do with the quarterbacks whatsoever. Um, I think this is just a game you're, you're wanting. I mean, like Pittsburgh is allowing the seventh most passing yards and the fourth most rushing yards per game, but they're getting after the quarterback getting sacks. So like, there's production available for Green Bay um, as well. So, yeah, I think there's going to be points scored. You just got to play pieces of this game. I don't think this is a game stack. Uh, we move on. We got Cleveland at Baltimore, my least favorite game of the weekend. It should be everybody's least favorite game. It's 38 and a half. Baltimore's a six-point favorite. Um, potential contrarian game if you think that Watson can keep up with uh, Lamar Jackson. But we have the two best defenses in the league. DVOA, Cleveland one, Baltimore two. Um, when we start looking at the stats, Cleveland is number one in pass DVOA. They're number one in run DVOA, and they're number one in ru- overall DVOA. This defense is legit. Baltimore is second in pass and third in run. Um, th- like these are two of the best defenses in the league. Is there anything that you like here for Cleveland? I will say Amari Cooper has been absolutely balling. Um, I think I can play a little bit there. Like I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball on Baltimore at all. Um, Cooper just 139 yards and a touchdown last week, 11 targets the week before down week against Indy, but 108 yards against San Francisco. 
Um, so like that, the game against Seattle, he put up 89 yards, the game against San Francisco put up 108 yards. Like those are two pretty solid defenses. He's won in really tough matchups before. Um, just like the role is, is good enough for Cooper, the price tag at 6,300 for an alpha receiver. I can get on board with that. I don't need to go much deeper than that. And Joku would probably be my next look, but I'm, I'm definitely not stacking Watson. It's a Cooper one-off is, is the main thing here. Watch the Njoku news, too. He's dealing with a knee. Um, I know he's been dealing with, like, an ankle. Now he's dealing with a knee. Um, so watch that news. Uh, if he were to to sit here, I don't think I would play, like, Brian or Akins or anybody. I think I would just bump up Cooper, um, maybe even bump up a little Elijah Moore, but not going crazy here. Uh, the Baltimore side, I don't love Lamar this week. I'd probably get a little bit of exposure to Lamar, just thinking in the mindset of, like, tough defense, Lanes are not going to be open, and we're going to see Lamar use his feet to win this game um, type of game where he gets, like, two rushing touchdowns, runs for, like, 80 yards, doesn't do, like, much through the air. But I think that that's where you get the upside for Lamar. So, like, I almost like playing him naked. I think you can always take shots on him with Andrews. But, like, this defense is no joke. Yeah, I I like the – naked Lamar call because I was not enthused about these wide receivers. I've done the Zay Flowers thing way too much here recently. Hard to trust him. The price is probably a bit too high for this matchup against Cleveland. And I feel the same about Andrews. Like Andrews is one of the most talented tight ends in the league, but this matchup, he's fully priced. We're not getting a discount at all. So to pay up for an expensive Lamar and an expensive Andrews doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I do like Cooper on the other side. So the, the, if I'm correlating, I think Lamar with Amari Cooper is the way that I'm going to play this. Um, yeah, I, Lamar's rushing upside is like, you can't – concern is the touchdown equity. We've seen Gus Edwards do it to us back-to-back weeks um, where he's getting in the end zone multiple times. I don't think that's going away, but that doesn't mean that, that Lamar still can't run a couple in. Um, it just – it's definitely – a detriment to his touchdown upside, but I, I agree. He should run a ton. Cleveland plays a, money, a ton of uh, man defense, which is often makes it easier for their quarterback to take off and run. So awesome. Lamar Jackson rushing spot. I'm not on nothing else from Baltimore. And we have a question in chat. Gus bus. I mean, the guy had five carries last week. He had a 42 yard run and he scored two touchdowns and you just that that type like that production is just not there is price like when he was under 5k in that Detroit game a couple weeks ago that is when it was time to like jump on Gus Edwards he's 6100 in the, one of the toughest spots in the NFL i'm going to pass on Gus Edwards again like this is a spot Aaron Jones is in this price range i'd rather go down um Bijan Robinson is in this price range as much as he's burned us this year his spot is way better um, so those are guys that I would prefer over Edwards and, uh, thoughts on Jerome Ford in chat. Like if we really look at this guy's game log, like he had a 69 yard touchdown against the Colts where he broke a big run. But outside of that, like he's barely broken into double digits. Um, hunt is getting too much. Like they're splitting carries and uh, rushing attempts. I just think this is a spot where I don't, I don't have a ton of interest, um, overall, in the running backs in this game, unless your running back is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I I get the Jerome Ford thing more than the Gus Edwards thing. Like the, it's just a really difficult uh, matchup. We saw Keaton Mitchell. Shout out to him. Have a monster game. 
I don't know what this running back situation looks like going forward, but I think they saw enough from Keaton Mitchell where he's going to be involved here. Um, Gus Edwards prices up, like you mentioned. So I, I'm not getting there forward. I think at 5,300 has the ability to catch some passes out of the backfield. Maybe that's how you get to him, but I agree. Like I'm probably just passing because there are better game environments to target. Yeah. I mean, this game has the lowest total on the weekend. Well, this game, and um, I guess it got up to 38 and a half. It was at 37 and a half. Uh, we move on. This is a phenomenal game. We move on to a phenomenal game. Houston at Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a lot of people's favorite game in this one o'clock um, time time slot. Forty-seven total. Cincinnati six and a half point favorite. We'll start here with C.J. Stroud. Um, just continues to silence the haters. Um, again, another just phenomenal passing performance from C.J. Stroud. Four hundred and seventy yards. We don't expect that every week. But we know that, like, the Cincinnati defense, definitely a defense that is not great. I mean, overall, they are, are beatable by the run and the pass. Um, we should mention Damian Pierce did not practice with the ankle on Wednesday. Let's talk Houston. Um, I mean, they're coming off of a huge week. Everyone watch that. Um, what are your thoughts, like, your initial thoughts here on um, the Texans? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, did I lose Keith? I can hear I his... Back. No, sorry. I'm yeah. having some internet issues here, it appears Oh, it's okay. Yet? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, yeah, my internet keeps going in there. All right. Um, Houston side. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a performance by CJ Stroud. We've seen it from him a couple of times this season. Um, just a really talented quarterback. The wide receivers have been priced up a little bit now, so it's like you have to pay for it. But I do like the spot here against Cincinnati. I agree. This is a very att attractive game. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think is my first look as a stacking partner, 4,900. Um, the role for him has been, been outstanding. Um, double digit targets last week, over a hundred yards. That I like that a lot. Um, 4,900 is an uncomfortable price, but I'm on board. Um, Tank Dell would be my other look at 5,500. Just has been super talented. Um, 5,500 is, feels uncomfortable, but when you look at the role, like it, it's really about what it should be. Um, I can definitely get on board with some tank Dell still. 
at that price tag. Um, not touching the running back situation. Can't get fooled by Devin Singletary again. Didn't play much in tournaments, but had him had him in cash games. Did absolutely nothing as predict as was very predictable. Um, but very excited about this Houston offense. I think they they have a ton of talent and just the makings of a good young offense here. Yeah, so um, if Robert Woods doesn't return, I could see Noah Brown at 3,700 getting some ownership. Um, he 11 targets over the two games without Robert Woods. So, I mean, that's a really positive sign. He had he finally had that touchdown. He had 150 yards. So, like, I could see him getting um, some ownership. I looked earlier today, and we didn't have it up. I'm currently pulling up lineup HQ to see if I can uh, see if ownership – projected ownership initial projected ownership is up <laughs> of course it defaults to the thursday night game that game's atrociously bad um so noah brown currently is projecting for two two percent it looks like that will i think that will end up closer to like the 10 percent range just because like he is really cheap on DraftKings and on FanDuel. so i um, think he gets some ownership I mean, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, I'm going with the passing game again. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think Cincinnati, Joe Burrow looks 100%, and when he's 100%, this offense just rolls. Um, we've seen it now. Tough matchups, and he just crushes. So I'm going back to the Joe Burrow train. 6,800, um, my favorite quarterback play on DraftKings this week. Like He's the guy for me. Um, on FanDuel, I have him ranked second. I really like this spot for him just overall. I just love his price on DK. Like we're starting to see his price increase, but like still not over 7k and just continues to have big games. So really like Joe Burrow, really like T Higgins this week. He's 6,500. They finally got him involved and Jamar Chase. I watched a lot of the game. I'm sure a lot of people did that Buffalo, um, Cincinnati game. Jamar Chase's back injury did not look pleasant. Um, he looked like he was in pain. He was on the sideline with the heating pad. I think this is a week you take shots on T. Higgins at 6,500. I think T. Higgins is going to have a big game this week. Keith's internet is like, I do not want you to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals um, offense, but you're back now. I yeah, can I'm, hear you I'm again. extremely interested in the Cincinnati. Oh. <laughs> that arizona internet it's like uh it's like i'm not having this internet um not having this show tonight so it's been a while since keith had internet issues um so we'll give him a we'll give him a second here i know um in chat trenton Irwin question is he worth a flyer i think Irwin's only in play if jamar chase gets ruled out um i don't think you are going to Irwin in this spot if chase ends up playing so i think Irwin only in play if chase gets ruled out um i think chase plays and tries to play through the back he you know played through the back pain um just kind of didn't have a great game but he was out there doing his thing um as much as he possibly could so yeah very interested in cincinnati i don't necessarily hate this spot for joe mixon i think that joe mixon is in play um I mean, he's someone that can put up 15 plus fantasy points here. He's not like a, a ceiling play for me unless you're not on Joe Burrow. But I think that overall, value wise, um, this is a spot you can put Joe Mixon in your player pool because, I mean, realistically, he's not overly expensive at 6,200. 
So if Keith comes back, we'll get his thoughts on Cincinnati because this game is um, phenomenal. But we're going to continue to move on here with Keith. Um, his internet banged up, and um, I'm seeing if he shot me a message, but he didn't. So, all right, moving on. We got Tennessee at Tampa Bay. What a game here. 38.5 total. Tampa Bay a one-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Yeah, just a game that is tough to love but there are pieces of this game that i really like um overall so starting with the tennessee Titans side of this game i mean tampa bay is a pass funnel and they have been for years so i don't necessarily trust will levis but i love the fact that like will levis is just selling out on deandre hopkins um you know 17 targets over the last two games with levis um one of those games was Levis and, you know, the mixed situation at quarterback where DeAndre Coppins had three touchdowns. He had a phenomenal game. 11 targets last week in his first, like, actual real start. So love this spot for DeAndre Hopkins this week. Um, 6K for someone that could get double-digit targets. So like this spot a lot for him. And then, like, Traylon Burks is in concussion protocol. So if he were to sit here... I think you could take a shot on Westbrook at 3,400. So I think overall, Tennessee pass offense is where I want to go. Um, are we good, Keith? Are we are we back back? I think we're back back, but uh, man, promises it was it was struggling there real hard. So I I just had to give up on it and go reset it. Um, hopefully, we're back back now. Nah, you're good. Um, so let's get through. I'm in the middle of talking Tennessee, Tampa, and then I'll go back and let you give your thoughts on Cincinnati. But um, just said that really like Hopkins for Tennessee um, against the pass funnel Tampa defense. And if Burks ends up sitting with the concussion, I think Westbrook at 3,400 is worth a tournament shot or two. Uh, thoughts on the Tennessee Titans here? Yeah, nailed my exact thoughts. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, clearly the alpha in this offense. They fed him last week. Will Levis looks like a competent quarterback, so definitely think that uh, you can grab some Hopkins exposure here. They're going to have a difficult time running on this Tampa Bay defense. Um, They've been a pass funnel all year long, so I think the best way for Tennessee to move the ball is to target DeAndre Hopkins. They've gotten almost nothing out of the tight end position. Um, agree with the Westbrook Akine call. Uh, he's cheap and he's stepped up a little bit when uh, Burks was out a couple weeks ago. So can definitely get on board with that. Um, I, I want to play Levis, honestly, just because he's, he's cheap and I think they're going to throw it a ton in this spot. My only concern is if they get up and play from ahead, they're probably going to take their foot off the gas and just hand it to Derrick Henry a bunch, even though he might be inefficient in this game. Um, and there's just not really a second stacking partner that I love. I just, I mentioned they didn't get much production out of the tight end position all year. Um, if, if Burks is out, I guess I have mild interest in a Levis Hopkins Westbrook stack, but, um, to be determined if I actually end up with some lineups that look like that. Yeah. Westbrook is so cheap, um, that like that triple stack is not a crazy idea. And I mean, they're, they're going to need some production out of a second pass catcher. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of good tight end plays, and I don't know if Akongwu has like the ceiling as some of the other tight end plays on the slate. Um, tight end's a position that I actually really like the idea of spending up for on the slate, which is very uh, against what I typically do. 
Um, Tampa Bay side of this game, I think we go back to the well on White. I think he's still too cheap at 5,800. Like, his role is just so good. He doesn't come off the field. So, like, if they get behind, he's going to get a ton of catches out of the backfield. Um, I mean, the rushing spot is a terrible spot. Tennessee, another pass funnel defense. Um, so I'm going back to Godwin and Evans here. I know they burned me last week and Baker burned me. Um, I don't know if I necessarily will take shots on Baker. I do like, I love the idea of stacking Baker with Edwin Evans and Godwin just because it's Baker is so cheap and it's a triple stack that has like three touchdown upside for the wide receivers. Um, I'm going back to the well in the Tampa pass game here. They, again, they burned me last week in a fantastic spot, but I, I don't see the reason not to go back to him here. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. The way you, that you attack this Tennessee defense is through the air. Um, and that includes Rashad White too. Like he has an awesome pass catching role. Um, and I think he's game script proof. So he's still cheap enough where I, I want exposure there. Um, I don't love the price on Evans and Godwin is the only thing. Um, but I think it's the way that they win. I think I include Otten to save some money rather than going Baker, Evans, and Godwin. Like that, just I'm spending a little bit too much money on a, or too, too much salary on a game that I'm not sure has potential just to go absolutely nuts. Uh, so I like saving some money with Otten as the second stacking partner there, or or you can do White too. But I probably don't play both of the wide receivers together. But agree, like either one of them is fine. Uh, we know that they have ceiling just from their their past performances. I don't expect that Kate Otten game again. For what it's worth, Houston's been terrible against tight ends this year. Um, it was good to see though, like Kate Otten have some upside. It was was finally it finally happened, which is good. Uh, before we move on to the next game, let's go back to that Cincinnati um, spot against Houston. Like I said, I got to talk about it a little bit. I absolutely love the spot. So uh, just give me your thoughts here on the Cincinnati offense. Yeah, Joe Burrow looks like he is in an incredible spot here. The wide receiver injury is a little bit concerning to me. Um, right when my internet died, I, I heard you talking about Chase's back injury. Um, so that is a little bit of a concern. Higgins, saving the money down to Higgins is not the worst thing in the world. I'm totally fine uh, using him as the stacking partner with Burrow here. I think you can play some Irv Smith at a cheap price as well. Want a little bit more information on Chase. It looked like that was a, a pretty rough injury, but I mean, if he, if he's playing, I, I wouldn't be afraid to roster him by any means. Um, I hope one of the running backs that you were not referring to at the very beginning of the show is Joe Mixon, because I cannot do Joe Mixon anymore. I don't know if you talked about him or not. I did. I talked about him just because like he's 6,200 on DK and I could see him, like I said, I could see him getting like 15 plus fantasy points. I don't think Joe Mixon wins you a tournament, but I think like he is a guy that like if he scores that like touchdown, he gets you to twenty, and then like maybe he serviceable enough at sixty two hundred. Yeah, it's the ceiling that's the biggest concern. The the role is really good. Don't get me wrong, but he's just not as efficient as he was a couple of years ago. He needs two touchdowns for for him to be useful in tournaments. Is really what you're looking at here. Just that's maybe you can play that on Fanduel. I haven't checked his Fanduel price. But I'm not chasing touchdowns on DraftKings. Um, I, I think I can find a much better or as good of a role with more explosive upside uh, other spots in my running back uh, portfolio. So I'll leave I'll leave Mixon on the sidelines on this one. Yeah, and again, like he wasn't like a highlighted play for me. My my favorites here are Joe Burrow and T Higgins. I oh love God. T Higgins this week. I think this is a big week for him, and I like Taylor Boy or Tyler Boyd as well. I think the back injury for Chase is more than what we 
Um, I mean, we just, we saw it. Like it, it looked like he was in a lot of pain. So um, he played through it, but he's 8,600. Like you need Jamar Chase 100% playing all the snaps, not coming off the field, getting the, the 15 target games to pay off 8,600. Because we have like St. Brown and, and Keenan Allen in the same game that just looks to be like an absolute shootout slugfest type of game. So um, it's tough for me to get to chase this week. And I will, I'll, I'll go on some teams um, unless they re- like, unless he like is really limited all week. Um, Cause they do this decoy thing. They're so, they do <laughs> yeah. it so much. Um, that's my, that's my biggest concern here, but with Burrow being my favorite quarterback play this week, I, I, I know I'm going to get plenty of exposure to everybody in the passing game here. All right, Saints and Vikings, 41 total here in New Orleans, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, we'll start with the Saints side of this game. I mean, honestly, this is a game that's kind of mediocre for me. I feel like there's pieces in this game. Um, I could see this game being a, a close game. I don't think it's going to be like this really high-scoring game. Starting with the Saints side, Alvin Kamara did not have the game we were hoping for last week, but I feel like... I don't know. It was a weird game. I don't mind going back to Alvin Kamara here. And like, maybe we have to start respecting Chicago's run defense a little bit more. Um, Their run defense is really like on the rise. Uh, They've done a really good job of running backs. So I think this is a spot you could go back to Alvin Kamara. Um, I just, I mean, I'm just going to keep playing Chris Olave until he's like over 7k. I think he's just too cheap. Um, didn't necessarily have a big game and he really hasn't had like a big game, but he just is a guy that can get you three, four times um, the price. So I like Alave. My favorite play this week from the saints in large field tournaments is Taysom Hill. Um, this is a tight end play that is just not a tight end. Like we are, we are literally getting a running back at a tight end running like a position at 5,100. He he's running the ball. He's, <laughs> throwing the ball (laughs) he's doing everything and like this is now three straight games he's been over 16 fantasy points he's 5100 yeah i mean that's the the alvin kamara problem is Taysom hill like he's their goal line back like even in the red zone like they just put Taysom hill out there uh they they direct snap it to him and he runs the quarterback power they line him up at tight end and he's catching touchdown passes now as well the role for Taysom hill is incredible like you look at this price tag at 5100 and you're like there's no way but then you start looking at what all the areas that he's producing he legitimately has the upside to throw for a touchdown catch a touchdown and run for a touchdown like that would not surprise anyone if he did that in a single game um it's a great matchup here against a Minnesota defense that I'm not afraid of whatsoever in the dome um I I like the Taysom Hill call I don't love the price tag until you start looking at this production um I I think I'm off of Kamara like I, the rollout of the backfield is incredible. I just don't expect Minnesota really to be able to keep up all that much. I know Dobbs played really well in, in emergency relief last week, and I expect him to be okay in this offense eventually, but he still doesn't have the full playbook open to him, I would imagine. So I feel like New Orleans should play from with a lead in this spot. Um, and Kamara is just like, they're not going to use him as a, a grinder, it doesn't appear. Um Olave, I'm completely with you on. I, like, I'm just going to keep waiting for this big breakout game because it's it's coming. We know he has that upside. Always fine taking shots on Shahid. Still 4,300. You need the home run ball, but he's a guy that can provide it often. 
Um, and then Thomas, I still feel like the, the upside is just a little bit too limited. Should catch a bunch of balls, but probably stays under 100 yards, probably doesn't catch a touchdown. Um, I'd much rather play Shahid for the upside. Very consi- very inconsistent offense. Um, what, they, what they're what they doing, just in general, very inconsistent. Like Mike Thomas, um, what do you have, one target last week? So Yeah, that was weird. But it, It's I just mean- like... Uh, to me, like the safest play for the Saints is Taysom Hill, and I know, like it just doesn't sound right, but like he's a guy that I think you could play in like two tight end sets because like he's he's a running back play that you're playing at tight end position at 5100. Um, he's just not getting the catches out of the backfield, but I mean he's, I mean he got some catches last week, I guess too. Like it's just uh, I don't know. Like Taysom Hill is just so involved in everything the Saints are doing, and it's working. So like, why would they stop doing it? I mean, this is a team that they keep winning. So let's let's talk Minnesota. <sighs> I, golf clap, Josh Dobbs, <laughs> phenomenal, just phenomenal. Like the step into that situation and come back and win that game. Uh, just phenomenal. Um, so I mean, gotta give credit where credit's due. I don't necessarily hate Dobbs in this spot. I don't love it, but I, I do think like with the playbook not being fully open, we could see Dobbs run for like fifty plus yards here. Um, now, does he score a touchdown or two? It's tough to say, but like the pieces around him are just so good. We saw how much he locked into like McBride. And Brown, like, I think TJ Hawkinson is just going to get a, a ton of targets again this week at 5K. So really like him. Um, young quarterbacks that look for tight ends, man. And then if Jefferson doesn't come back this week, which he practiced limited on Wednesday, it doesn't sound like he'll play this week. I think you could keep taking shots on Jordan Addison. I think that Dobbs is a, a good enough passer to... Like, how many times did Hollywood Brown hit this year? So, like, I, I think... That is something we should mention. Acres IR. Um, hope for a speedy recovery for him. This guy just can't not um, stay healthy. Yeah, Madison Achilles. That's that's tough for Acres, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, at, Madison's going to get a majority of the work out of the backfield. I just don't love this spot. No, really tough matchup for Madison. Hasn't been efficient even before Acres' arrival. So probably has the backfield to himself. Maybe they mix in a guy like uh, Ty Chandler a little bit more. I think I'd rather go that route for like some pass catching upside, but I, I can't do Madison anymore, especially not in a tough matchup. Um, don't think I'm getting to Dobbs, although the rushing upside that he showed because basically he didn't know the playbook uh, was incredible. Uh, maybe, maybe I get on that by Sunday because he is 5,500. I just, I'm not looking to attack the saints defense necessarily. Um, but I do want to play some Saints pieces. So I, I like the Addison run back, assuming that Jefferson doesn't get make it back this week, and I don't think he will. Um, so Addison, and love the TJ Hawkinson call. Um, the, one Probably the best role in the NFL at the tight end position at this point. Like Kelsey's had a down season. Andrews has been awesome again. But um, Hawkinson's target share has just been incredible. 12 again last week. So 5K is, is seems like a very fair price for this spot, even with the new quarterback. So to just really quickly talk on like Alexander Madison against um, like um, Ty Chandler. The only reason I don't know if they'll get a ton of Ty Chandler this week is because he grades out as a terrible pass blocker and you got a quarterback that doesn't know the offense very well. I think Madison plays 80% of the snaps. He's the much better pass blocker 
I think they're going to need him back there in this game yeah. with Dobbs at quarterback. So if you just want to play him on pure snaps, I get it. I, I Again, I hate the spot. Um, and I don't know how many routes he runs because, again, I think they're going to want extra protection for for Dobbs, who he's going to need a little bit more time to go through progressions. Um, so I, I, that's just – I mean, Dobbs, I don't know if he's necessarily playable. Um, oh, and in chat, KJ Osborne in concussion protocol, if he sits – you could put bump up Brandon Powell at 3,200. But again, I just TJ Hawkinson's the main play for me here. Um, an elite tight end play. Yep. All right. San Francisco at Jacksonville. 45 and a half is what this game was at. Let's see. Did it move? It did not. San Francisco, a three point favorite. I think this game has all the potential to shoot out. Um, so I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this one. This is a game that I have circled. Um, We'll start with the 49ers. Debo Samuel, full practice, good to go. He's going to be back. Um, so now it's the the coin flip between Debo, Ayuk, um, Kittle, McCaffrey. Um, I mean, Brock Purdy, this is a sneaky good spot for him. Um, I, I don't know how many people will be on Brock Purdy this week. His price has come up a little bit. Let's talk San Francisco here. What are your thoughts on the 49ers? Yeah, I, I like this game a good amount. Two good teams. San Francisco needs a win in a bad way. Um, they've fallen off quite a bit. They get Debo Samuel back, which I think is a big difference maker. Um, I, I feel like the field might wait and see it out of Debo, so that's where I'm leaning on this in the Purdy stuff. I do agree. Like Purdy's price has come up, but he's still only 5,700. Uh, I think he's very playable in this spot against um, a Jacksonville pass defense that hasn't been hasn't been anything to be concerned about. Um you can always play Ayuk. You can always play Kittle. I just Kittle falls to third when everybody's healthy. Like we've seen him just kind of disappear and be more of a blocker in that situation. So I'd I'd lean to the wide receivers first. And then the big question is, do you want to spend the money to get up to McCaffrey? I think I do this week. Uh, Ninety two hundred is a big ask, but the role for McCaffrey is as good as it, it gets. Uh, the touchdown equity is as good as it gets in the entire league. Um, this is this is. I'm looking at it as kind of a must-win game for San Francisco. They've dropped three in a row. They need to get back on track here. I think they lean heavily on McCaffrey. Debo being back, I, I, I wouldn't even hate using McCaffrey-Debo as a stack with Purdy. Um, I think you can do that, but very high on the San Francisco offense. Really think they need to get back on track this week. Yeah, team, an offense that had scored you know over 30 points, actual points in five straight to start the season and hasn't scored more than 17 in the last three games. Debo being back is going to open up things. Um, I think this offense gets rolling this week. I, I really think that this is a game we want to have circled um, for so many different reasons, but I'm with you. Um, as much as I like, like St. Brown and Keenan Allen, I think there's a lot of value at wide receiver this week, just overall. So I could see Christian McCaffrey just going bonkers in this game. Um, so really like him. I'm with you on Kittle. Like Kittle's the second highest price tight end on the slate. Laporta and Hawkinson, Taysom Hill, Evan Ingram on the other side of this game. All both the Atlanta tight ends, like they're all cheaper than Kittle. I think Kittle needs to have like a monster game, and I just I don't see it happening um, with Debo coming back. I think this is Christian McCaffrey's game. Jag side, Christian Kirk six K, Calvin Ridley fifty six hundred. I feel like Calvin Ridley is finally in that price range where it's just like 
you don't trust the role right now, but you just you have to play him at this price. Um, so I really like Calvin Ridley. Um, I don't really like him. I like the price a lot. I think ETN is just his volume in the in the passing game and out of the backfield is just too high not to have some exposure to. Um, he has these games where it looks like he's not going to do anything and he gets there. So um, I like the Jags. I like Lawrence. I, I like this game. I like this game overall. Yeah, it's it's wide receivers for me first. Um, ETN's role has been incredible. There's no denying that. I just don't love the spot here uh, against San Francisco. But if he was a little cheaper, I'd be more interested. But because the wide receivers are cheap, I think that just that's the way I'm going to be leaning on this. Ridley's price at 5600. I mean, that's jumping off the page to me as well. I know it's been a little bit of a rough go for him the last few weeks, but they just had the buy. Maybe they're they're. They take some time to get back on the same page. Still don't know if Zay Jones is going to be back. Um, I Like Ridley and Kirk are my first two looks for this game. I don't mind Evan Ingram as well. Um, just, I don't know, 4,500. Like he never, he just hasn't had that monster game. His role is incredible. He just hasn't been finding the end zone enough. They've been handing it to ETN a bunch down there, which is part of what we're talking about with the awesome ETN role. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know if I want to double stack Lawrence against this Niners team, but I'm definitely playing some wide receivers. I probably end up with at least a couple of Lawrence teams. Yeah. I think like, don't overlook how good Evan Ingram has been this season kind of thing. Like he is having a phenomenal season. He's yet to score a touchdown. He has at least seven targets in every game except for week one. And in week one, he had five catches for 49. So it's not like he would have busted in that game either. So like, I feel like this is a spot we just we don't overlook just how good the role has been um, for Evan Ingram. Like if we look at tight ends and we we look through all the tight ends, he has a twenty one point five percent target share. It's the fourth highest in the NFL um, this season, above Sam Laporta, um, above George Kittle, uh, you know Dallas Goddard type of players. So um, forty five hundred is a really nice value. Again, if you're like triple stacking Jacksonville, um, you could throw Evan Ingram in there. Um, I think he's a run back option. You could go Ingram Ridley on McCaffrey teams and just, you know, forego the quarterback situation and, you know, offset McCaffrey's price a little bit here. So I think there's a lot of ways to build for this game. It's just getting it right. Um, and I, and I hate saying that, but it's true. Um, this is definitely a game where like, if you play 20 entry max and MME 150 type builds, like getting getting a good portion of your builds on this team is is where i would definitely suggest because there's just so many ways it could it could play out all right hey right back to back back to back let's go detroit at la taking on the chargers another phenomenal game here 48 and a half total detroit a three-point favorite um jared goff i love this spot for jared goff i know he's not at home and you know all that at home stuff i get it Chargers stink. Their defense stinks. <laughs> um, they allow 313 passing yards per game. It's the highest in the NFL. Jared Goff, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds for cheap, Sam Laporta. The running back situation looks like it's going to be very murky this week with David, David Montgomery coming back. I know Gibbs is coming off of a monster game, but like Gibbs at 7K with David Montgomery there I think is too expensive. Um, and I think David Montgomery with George, with Jamar Gibbs having such a big game is probably too expensive. So I really like the passing attack here for Detroit today or this week. Yeah, I, I definitely have more more exposure to the passing attack. Uh, St. Brown is 
the clear number one option here. Uh, expensive, but I think the upside is is there in this spot. Um, double digit targets not out of the question. Two touchdowns not out of the question. Sam Laporta is expensive as well, but he's had a very nice role. Uh, Fifty seven hundred can certainly get behind that. Uh, I like the Josh Reynolds call as well. Thirty eight hundred. Um, Jamison Williams is coming, but he like they're still he's still not on the field a ton. They're going to give him his two to three targets that they scheme up for him every game, but I'm just I'm not sure that his role is what we need it to be to target him. I, if he catches a long touchdown, he pays it off at 3,400 probably. But Reynolds is certainly the guy with the better role. The running back situation, I I do have concerns that Jameer Gibbs has earned a bigger role, but I also know that how Dan Campbell has operated his backfields in the past. And it has me wanting to take some shots on a low-owned David Montgomery. I feel like Montgomery is still just going to get the lion's share of the rush here. Gibbs is going to be involved, but I feel like he's going to be more of the change of pace back, and we're just we're going to see the defined roles again. If Montgomery it stays at the ownership he's currently projected at, which was something like 5%, I'm really interested in playing him. I'm not scared of this Chargers defense at all. I think the, the Lions can win this game. Um, which is important because David Montgomery would be game script proof or would be game script sensitive in this this type of role. Like if the Lions are playing from behind, it's going to be Gibbs out there on the field catching the passes. So you need a positive game script for the Lions here. But 6900 for David Montgomery, we saw him just blow that price tag away a couple of times with his touchdown upside. We know he's going to have the goal, goal line role. I think he has uh, 18 to 20 carries in the bag here if Detroit can play from from ahead. So I, I do have some David Montgomery interest. So really quick, I, I when I was doing my research and like thinking through this game and looking at the stats and like the big thing to me, they had a, they're coming off of a bye. Is this the week like Jamison Williams takes over Josh Reynolds, like wide receiver two role? Um, it's in the back of my mind. Like, so like, I think you want to get a little exposure yeah. I mean, to Jamison Williams. I, yeah, I, like I can get on board with it for large. This dude yeah. is this dude is talented. Um, so I, I think Jamison Williams in large field tournaments. Like again, we have some 4K guys, um, under 4K guys. Uh, I think that just have a ton of upside in this spot. So wide receiver wise, um, Chargers side. I mean, I love this spot for Keenan Allen. I think he's one of the top wide receiver plays on the slate. And just he's incredibly good. We really haven't seen like Keenan Allen week two, week three recently, but like the, the upsides there, I hate the fact that they like priced him up and he hasn't really had a big game, but I get why they priced him up. But I think he's the top wide receiver play on the slate or close to it, depending on the site you're playing. Quentin Johnston, um, with Palmer being out, is going to slide right into a wide receiver two type of role. And just a, a game, a game overall that's just too good not to play some Johnston here at forty one hundred. I'm completely on board with the Keenan Allen thing. Like, I, we need to change our thinking about Keenan Allen and Herbert's injury. I think has something to do with like the slight downtick in production the last couple of weeks. But Keenan Allen through what week seven was like trending to be a top three wide receiver on the season. Um, he's no longer just the slot guy that catches the over the middle stuff. Like they use him down the field. He's scoring touchdowns. Um, I know it's been a couple of down weeks for him, but like the role is still incredible. I, I, I think he's going to get targeted down the field again. And I I'm, I'm all about Keenan Allen, the Johnson thing. 
I don't know if he's you good. think it's going to be Guyton. You think it's going to be Guyton? I don't. I don't know that it's Guyton. I just. I. It might be Everett. Actually, would would be my my best guess. Um, like Johnston, I th- he could certainly catch a pass and take it to the house, but I, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and earn like eight targets. I don't think is the only concern. He has big play upside. We know he's an athletic freak, so I, I certainly understand the play. I'm not trying to talk anybody off of it. I just I have some reservations on Johnston. Um, if he's going to be popular, I probably probably end up underweight on him. Um, and then, like, I don't think I need to mess with the other stuff, like Guyton and Darius Davis. Like, I, I I'll find a way to save some money elsewhere. Um, we need to talk about Austin Eckler as well because if you want to ask who's the actual wide receiver too, it's Austin Eckler is be my concern. Really weird week for him last week. Seven targets and he only caught two of them. Like that was just an anomaly. Um, I expect him to be way more involved in the passing game than we saw in that primetime game against the Jets. Yeah, Eckler and Christian McCaffrey, they're they've they're separating themselves um just as like the two clear cut top running backs on the slate. On on DK anyway, like DK wise, like if you're getting the passing extra point, half a point. Um, I mean, they're just clearly the two best um I should say, like, I like golf and Herbert in this game. I just, this is a game, another game that I just have circled overall. And I think that it's just a, a juicy game with so many plays. And they're running, like, I mean, both of these run defenses have been really good. They're both kind of like pass funnel offenses, low key. Um, I mean, a lot of passing in this game. I think both these quarterbacks throw for 300 plus yards and have a big game. Atlanta at Arizona. Is this another sneaky good game? I think so. Uh, 43 total in this one. Atlanta, one and a half point favorite is what it opened at. Yeah, 43 and a half. It's 43 and a half now, Atlanta, minus one and a half. Uh, go to Atlanta first. Drake London trending in the right direction, which I think is fantastic news because I really like him in the spot. Um, Heineke did exactly what we thought he was going to do. He went out and threw the ball 38 times. Um, huge upgrade to the passing offense here with Heineke over Ritter, in my opinion. Bijan Robinson is 6K against one of the league's worst running back team defenses in the league. Um, it's hard for me to click his name because the production has just been awful. If he doesn't do it this week, I don't think he's going to do it. I, that's just where I'm at. Um, he's too cheap for me not to have interest at 6K on DraftKings. Um, I I think he's 62 or 6300. On, he's really cheap on FanDuel too. I'm going to be playing some Bijan this week. I'm going to mix and match the tight ends. Um, I think they're both in play. I love Drake London if he comes back. Let me just hammer that home one more time. If Drake London plays in this game, he's $2,000 too cheap. Let me start with the Bijan thing. Let's this, go, this baby. One pain, this one is painful. <laughs> I, I got on so much Bijan. Like, I loved Kamara and I loved Jonathan Taylor when we did the podcast last week. By the time Sunday rolled around, Bijan Robinson was my highest on running back. And boy, did that hurt. I thought he had legitimate upside to catch. 10 balls in this spot with no Drake London. I thought Heineke would throw the ball more, which he did, but Arthur Smith just refuses to use B. John Robinson as more than like a change of pace type running back. And it's ridiculous because he's one of the most talented running backs in the entire league. I I don't understand what they're doing. Why'd you spend the pick on him if you're not going to use him? It's frustrating. I love the spot for him. You're probably only going to get 12 carries out of him four or five targets, but if he breaks that one big play at 6K, that's all you need. 
I, I'm, I'm torn on what to do. I'm going to have to see ownership here. I played so much of him last week. I feel like I'm pot committed at this point. I probably just need to, to keep shoving on, on Bijan until he, he finds that explosion game, which this is as good of spot as there is for that explosion game. I'm still torn on, on where I end up on him. I probably don't go as heavy as I did last week, um, but I, I will definitely have some exposure to him. Drake London I'm on board with as well. Really excited to see what this big, talented wide receiver can do with Heineke at, at quarterback. Just Heineke's the type of guy who will roll out of the pocket and just heave it up to a guy like this, which is not something that we've seen from, from Ritter at all. Didn't see it from Mariota last year either. So like the, we've not seen... Drake London with a quarterback who's just willing to throw it up for him and let him go get it. And I think he has the skills to do that. Um, so love Drake London wanted to play him last week. Unfortunately didn't, wasn't able to play. Um, and that's what got me on so much Bijan, but going right back to Falcons this week, love the spot for them. Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith, both have roles. I think they're both super playable at tight end as well. Yeah. Johnny, um, he had the touchdown, but both of them, honestly, both of them had really good games. Like Kyle Pitts, um, I think he's just going to see so much more production with Heineke at quarterback. But, I mean, touchdowns is where it's going to be at. And they, they both were on the field in the red zone. So um, they they run these two tight end sets. I will notice, like I, I did notice, I was going to say, when I was looking through um, research here, Hodge was on the field a lot. Um, so if London were to sit here, I think you could take some shots on Hodge at 3,400. Um, his role and it doesn't seem like it's going away if London sits or if Holland sits, maybe he still plays. So, um, just kind of watch the wide receiver news in this one because there's some potential value for Atlanta. I, I said it last week. I just want to reiterate it in case London misses again. It's not Van Jefferson. That guy stinks. Like, don't <laughs> do not play Van Jefferson. <laughs> like, why did why did we go out and trade for that guy? Um. <laughs> Hey, just in case you're curious, if you were listening to the Morning Grind NBA podcast, Aaron Gordon has eight rebounds at halftime. What a um, call, Stevie. Yeah, let's just keep it going, baby. I, I wrote it up on Scores and Odds today. I said, I'm going to do this until they books catch up um, with Murray out. So, uh, And, like, he had the tip drill where he had, like, three rebounds in, like, ten <laughs> seconds. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Arizona, Kyler Murray, not on the injury report. The knee is good to go. So Kyler Murray is a guy that we typically like because he offers a little bit of rushing upside. I don't know if he's necessarily going to have rushing upside. I don't know how much they want him to run just in general here. Keith, uh, this guy has burned us so much recently. I'm going to play way too much Hollywood Brown. We know how bad the Atlanta pass defense is. I keep saying it. Joshua Dobbs, not knowing an offense beat the pass defense. (laughs) It's an underrated bad pass defense. Sign me up for Hollywood Brown at 5,200 this week. And again, I it pains me. Like, it hurts. It's heartburn. Um, but I love it. Yeah, I, I can get on board with playing a pass catcher here. Are you playing Kyler with him? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I just – I think we need to see it for a week from Kyler. I'm, I'm concerned that he's not going to be running much at all, really, coming off of that – the knee injury. That I mean, it would make sense for him to just kind of take it easy. They're not going anywhere this year. Just get him back into the rhythm of things. I feel like it's a really conservative game plan from Arizona this week. And that's my only concern. But we have seen volume monsters in in Hollywood Brown. And I think uh, Trey McBride is the other guy that we have to talk about. 3,500, very athletic tight end prospect. Now he has talent at the quarterback position. 
I think McBride could go off. He's cheaper than Hollywood, so that was my first look. But I, I'm with I'm same line of thinking in that one of these receivers, how uh, Kyler might just lock into and and pepper them with targets. He's he's much more talented than what they had at the quarterback position last week. So this and Atlanta's defense is is not great. So also indoors here uh, in Arizona. So I I am interested in, in one of the pass catchers. Uh, McBride slightly for me just for the savings, but I yeah. certainly understand your angle on, on Hollywood there. And McBride maybe burning a pe- burning some people last week after having a monster game week eight. I like the idea going back to McBride. Um, we talked about it too. We said like he's cheap, but Cleveland's really good defensively. Um, his quarterback is not. We yeah. I mean, we kind of knew that or expected that at least. Like nobody expected Clayton Toon to go out there and be able to throw successfully against the Cleveland defense. No, um, not at all. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, overall, I like Hollywood. I like McBride. And, like, I might actually run a couple Heineke stacks because, like, you can play Heineke with London and one of the tight ends, and, like, it makes yeah. sense in my head type of stacks. Um, so, like, that's where I would probably get Hollywood or um, McBride. And, it, like, for me, if I'm using the, the Atlanta tight ends, I'm probably going to end up with more Hollywood in those types of stacks than I am with McBride. That's a good call. And like Heineke's not necessarily a guy you have to double stack if London plays because I think London is going to be um, the alpha receiver in this passing game. We really, I mean, that's what I'm expecting anyway. So or hoping for. All right, we got Washington at Seattle, forty-five and a half total in this game. Seattle, a six-point favorite. Uh, let's start here with Washington. Another game that is sneaky good. Like again, there. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, like I think that. There's some really good games. Um, and, and, like, this is a game we're going to want to watch a little bit with Kevin Roth. Um, he said there's some decent chance for rain in this game. It's it's Seattle. It rains 20, what, 200-and-something days a year in Seattle. So, like, whatever. Um, I, I like Washington. I like the passing attack. I, I like going back to McLaurin and Dotson here. Like, McLaurin big week it's coming like it like the two touchdown big McLaurin week is coming um the targets are really safe right now I just I like the spot yeah I like this spot as well because Washington throws at one of the highest rates in the NFL like Seattle should be playing from ahead in this game and they're just gonna let Sam Howell throw it all over the yard again so volume is insane um I believe in the talent he has at wide receiver McLaurin is still way too cheap I know it didn't quite work out last week, but I'm going right back to that. Another seven targets. If you would have found the end zone, he'd be chalked this week probably. Um, like the Seattle defense has been better since uh, Woolen has come back, but I I mean, the, the volume is really what I'm chasing here. I feel like I know how this game is going to play out, and I know exactly what I want to target, and it's the Washington passing game. Obviously, with the banged-up receivers behind McLaurin, we have to wait and see what the uh, the injury report looks like. But I I have interest in Dotson at 5K if he plays. I have interest in Samuel at 3,900 if he plays. If uh, Samuel is out, I think you can take a look at uh, Jameson Crowder. Another six targets last week. Like He's the guy that steps in for Samuel. So Crowder is, is on my radar if Samuel were to sit. Uh, and then... Uh, Logan Thomas has a decent role as well. We've talked about a lot of tight ends, so I don't know if I end up actually getting to Logan Thomas, but I, I'm overall very interested in, in the passing game here. Love the the Crowder call. Um, he wasn't on my radar at all. I had written down McLaurin and Dotson. Um, love the Crowder call. Want Samuel to be out. I'm with you. Uh, but if Samuel misses again, I don't think he practiced Wednesday, right? Or it was limited. Um, yeah. So 
Yeah, toe injuries for wide receivers are the worst. Um, Seattle. So Gino, very, very fairly priced across the industry, like fifty eight hundred on on DraftKings. He's my favorite quarterback on FanDuel. Like his price compared to like other quarterbacks on FanDuel this week. I think this is a two to three touchdown type of Geno game. He puts up 20 plus fantasy points, has a really solid game, playing a little bit of Lockett and Metcalf. Um, and just that's how I'm approaching this. Like Walker banged up right now, dealing with a chest injury. Um, I mean, Charbonnet, if, if Walker doesn't play, would be huge. I, I think at 4,200, passing role, running role, like would be phenomenal. So. I wouldn't mind getting some exposure to that, but like it's Gino and the pass catchers for me this week. Yeah, the running back situation with like Charbonnet is gaining more of a role, and maybe it's because Walker is, is dealing with injuries. But if Walker were out, like just lock button Charbonnet, this is not um, Devin Singletary type of talent. Charbonnet is a legitimately talented running back. 4,200 with the whole backfield would be insane, insane value. So definitely keeping an eye on that Walker situation. I love the the Seattle passing game as well. Washington just cannot play defense on outside wide receivers. I think this is a nuclear game for DK Metcalf. He is one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Sixty eight hundred is way too cheap. Um, I they were not able to do anything against Baltimore, uh, but he he was successful against Cleveland. He was successful against Cincinnati the, the two weeks before that. Um, I I think this is a smash spot for DK Metcalf. I have a little interest just because I, I probably want to double stack if I'm playing Geno. Um, JSN and Lockett are, are certainly the guys I'd look to, but DK is is my favorite play in the game. Yeah, I like Metcalf a lot. I think this is a game that Metcalf, Metcalf has like one of those monster 25-plus point games. We haven't seen yep. it a lot, but when he does, it's always nice. And again, like quietly, Washington's allowing 264 passing yards per game. That's the sixth most in the NFL. They rank 29th in DVOA against the pass. Like they have struggled big time against the pass this year. Um, and they're not going to be getting at the quarterback anytime soon. So um, just, I really like Gino in this spot. It just seems, it just sets up as a really good Gino spot. Hey, we get to finish with the worst game of the weekend, the giants and the Cowboys um, 30 and a half. The, the Dallas Cowboys are a 16 and a half point home favorite here. The veto is playing quarterback. The giants are showing up. Um, the giants are just banged up. <laughs> Gosh, man. Um, Saquon, you're going to have to do everything running back play maybe, but I, I mean, Dallas, Dallas defense, Tony Pollard combo looks really juicy this week. So Barkley is might touch the ball forty times. There, there's no <laughs> he might have that. to. <laughs> um, he, we've seen it already this year. The game oh. against the Jets when when uh, we saw Devito that game as well. Um, I think Tyrod was started, but then Devito came in. He yeah. literally touched the ball forty times. So that could happen again in the spot. No chance I'm touching the passing game. They may not throw it more than fifteen times in this game with Devito at quarterback. Uh, Bellinger is still cheap. I, if you wanted to, I think we can go back to there, but I think there's too much upside at tight end. I don't think he has any upside. Like you're, you're really hoping what he did last week is about what you're hoping for. If he does that with a touchdown, that's then you, maybe you're there, but like 40 yards is probably his ceiling. I mean, maybe 50 or 60 if you're lucky, but like he's, he's not going to break off a big play. Um, the Dallas side, I don't want to play Tony Pollard. So I hope that people I don't do. want to either, but I'm going to. 
So I don't think that he's like they're going to be up forty to nothing at halftime. Yeah, so, where's the production coming from then? Are you okay, going that, back? To, are you going back to CD? Do you think the Dallas defense scores two touchdowns? Like, where uh, where is the production going to come from? That that's that's a great great question. Um, it, Pollard could run for two touchdowns in the first half. They just haven't used him in that role really. Um, they use Dowdle in the red zone more than they use Pollard in the red zone. That's fair. Um, and, I mean, and the, they, I think the perfect. Yeah, the they're perfect not using to grind it out. Like he's not going to finish the game when they're up three scores as the the running back on the field. It's going to be Dowdle. You might be selling me on this, by the way, because um, like talking it out with you, right? Like just thinking about this in general. Like Pollard, if we look back to the Rams, they were winning big in that game. Only had twelve touches or twelve carries. And if we go back to Week Four against New England, he had eleven carries in a thirty-eight to three game. Um, He's yet one game over 20, and that was against the Giants earlier this year. Um, it was 40 to nothing that game against the Giants. Week one, we all remember that game it was awful. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see him going for 20 plus. Maybe it's not even enough at 7,300. Like, maybe I'm, I'm with you on this one. I just, gosh, we, it's really hard to look at this spot and say, a 16 and a half point home favorite against one of the worst defenses in the league. And we shouldn't be playing this guy, but I hear you. Um, I hear what you're saying. I just, gosh, um, CD is so expensive. Gosh, he's so expensive. I mean, I think you just hope that Dak spreads it around a little bit. They go up 28 to nothing and they just literally sit on the ball. And maybe Dowdle is, if you want to play Dallas defense, I would, I would almost play Dowdle instead of Pollard. I'm not saying that I'm going to do that for sure. <laughs> He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Um, gosh, Dallas defense is a phenomenal payup if you have the money. Um, defense is kind of weak this week in general, for what it's worth. Um, I noticed that when I was working on my um, extra rankings for this week. I think defense overall is somewhat weak. Um. Any other any other thoughts on this game? I mean, I I agree with you. CD Lamb is too expensive. I think the game gets out of hand, um, and it's going to be really hard for him to find a ceiling in this spot. Um, Ferguson is priced up a little bit as well. I've played a lot of him the last two weeks, and it's it's worked out. But I just I don't think I'm interested in this Dallas game because I think the game is going to be so so ugly. Like. There's no way that New York is going to be able to keep up in this game. So I'm, I'm probably just out on it altogether. Yeah, I kind of hope that too. Um, I have Pollard written down as like my number one play on FanDuel at running back. Maybe he's really cheap over there. They do have like the dynamic pricing. I'm trying to pull it up, but my account's locked out of there. Like you can't write this stuff. You can't make it up. <laughs> like every time on the show that I try to go on FanDuel to talk about FanDuel pricing, my account is locked. Like, it's oh, it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> they make it so hard to log into their site. I want to talk nice about you, FanDuel. They have the single entry series going for Rotor Grinders right now, and um, I always find these series a ton of fun. They have a hundred dollar, a thirty three dollar, and a five dollar. So, like, all right, I'm logged in. Tony Pollard on FanDuel is seventy eight hundred. Saquon seventy four. I don't know. I don't know. FanDuel running back prices is tough this week in general. Christian McCaffrey's 10-5. Eckler's 9K. Kamara's 88. 
ETN's 84. Like, I, I think that's why I had initially had him so high on FanDuel, um, but I might bump that down. Keep going back to Najee Harris this week. Bijan Robinson. Gosh. Bijan Robinson have, is 6,600 on FanDuel this week. I can confidently say I will have more Najee Harris this week than Tony Pollard. There you go. I'm in. All right. Morning grind game. Let's have some fun. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. We always appreciate you guys hanging out on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe. Uh, turn on notifications. That way you can come hang out with us live uh, for the show. You know, there's, It's always fun to interact with chat. Uh, Richie says he got Dwaddle and Dallas defense this week. We're not going to talk bad about it. All right, morning grind game, quarterback, 300-plus passing yards. Who do you got? Going back to C.J. Stroud, I picked him a couple of times in this spot. I think I am I got him once, and I missed him once, but I think Cincinnati plays from ahead here. Houston not afraid to air it out. He looked awesome last week. i like him to do it again this week. Yeah, I mean, the easy answer for me would be Jared Goff. Um, I love Jared Goff this week, but I'm going to go a little off the board this week and go Geno Smith for 300 plus passing yards. He's only done it twice this year. I think this is an excellent Geno Smith spot. Um, so I'm going to go with him. Low owned running back for a touchdown. We do have projected ownership here on Wednesday night. Who do you got for a low owned running back touchdown? I've got David Montgomery here. Um, I know Jameer Gibbs is a super talented running back, and I know that he played awesome in Montgomery's absence, but. Dan Campbell likes to have that grinder running back on first and second downs, and Montgomery has feel, filled that role beautifully this season. He's the goal line back as well. If nobody's playing him this week, I'm going to have some. Montgomery didn't lose his role. He got hurt. Um, that's yeah. one thing you got to remember, too. Like, he was playing phenomenal. My low on running back right now for a touchdown is Aaron Jones. We currently have him projected for 6%. Um, I really like Aaron Jones this week. Love the matchup for him. Pittsburgh, where they have really struggled, has been against the run. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Who do you got? Geno to DK. We talked about it when we were breaking that game down. Washington against outside receivers has been a disaster. Uh, DK Metcalf, one of the best in the game. So I think he goes nuclear in this spot. I'm going to go Sam Howe to McLovin. Um, I, <laughs> I think McLaurin is going to have a big week. Wide receiver for eight-plus targets. DeAndre Hopkins against the Tampa Bay pass funnel. All right. You took my play. Hold on. I got to find one. You did. Um, that's who I had written down. I love, I'm with you. I have a ton of interest in him this week. Um, I really like this spot, man. If we, if we, okay, I'm going to put Drake London. Cause if, if he plays, I think he's going to get the targets. If he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, give me, Give me Higgins for Cincinnati. Like both of those. Tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got? I'll go Dalton Schultz. Um, awesome game last week. Has had a really solid role here. Um, I, I'm on Stroud this week, so uh, I'll have some Dalton Schultz with him. I'm going to go Taysom Hill because it doesn't say it has to be a receiving <laughs> touchdown. It just says like touchdown, it. and it's a tight end, even though he's a running back. Uh, give me a defense for 10-plus points this week. I like the Steelers a little bit against Green Bay here. Jordan Love just been playing pretty bad. Uh, Steelers at home, like the spot for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Baltimore or Dallas because that's not fair, but I am going to say Cleveland. Um, I don't think Cleveland's going to be a popular defense because Baltimore is a really good offense, but they're going to get after Lamar here. Um, so give me the Cleveland Browns, and I like their price. I always try to find cheaper. 
defenses. Uh, against the spread, money line pick. What do you got this week for me? I think Arizona plays pretty conservative this week. Uh, they get Kyler Murray back, so they're certainly better than they were last week. But I like the Falcons' uh, money line, only minus 120, short favorites there. Um, the Falcons are a solid team. As much as Arthur Smith frustrates us with his usage of B. John Robinson, um, they have some talent there. So I think they can, they can beat a uh, watered-down Cardinals roster. I like that call. Um, I have no issues with that. I I was struggling with this one earlier, but as we got through the podcast, the thing that just kept jumping off the page to me in this one is New Orleans Saints minus two and a half. Um, so I'm going to go New Orleans minus two and a half. I'm going to take the points. Usually, I like to try to find a money line pick, uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to take the points this week and say New Orleans minus two and a half. I I just worry about Dobbs not knowing the offense well enough. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that one. Uh, over under, what do you got for an over under this week? Houston, Cincinnati over 47. Houston was in that game last week that just almost doubled the total that we were on. Um, I like CJ Stroud is talented. Cincinnati is talented. They've shown us they're still one of the best offenses uh, in the league. Even though uh, Chase is dealing with that injury, they they have enough firepower to get it done. I think Houston can keep up a little bit too. So I like it to go over 47. I like that. Um... I'm going to go under to the Dallas Giants game and say under 38 and a half in that game. And like You're the Cowboys Dallas doesn't score 39. I'm hoping the Cowboys don't <laughs> score 40. Uh, I don't think the Giants are going to score. So give me the under in the Dallas game. I think it's going to be an awful football game. Um, yeah, that one. And you, the one that I had written down the Houston game as well. Um, it was at 48 and it's been bet down to 47. So like that one. Uh, player prop. What do you got for me this week on the player prop for, front? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins over four and a half receptions. Um, Burks in concussion protocol again. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. Uh, Hopkins has been the true alpha there. And I, I'm believing in the talent of Will Levis. I think he's a competent quarterback. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. So love this spot for Hopkins. I like that a lot as well. Um, that's what I had written down. I didn't write a second one down. Hold on one second. I'm pulling up. Um, I already put a couple bets in, so looking really quick to see what I put in. Um, Man, I stole from you twice. You That's did, yeah, both of mine. <laughs> so McLaurin is the other one that I had already bet at four and a half receptions. So um, I'll go McLaurin over four and a half receptions here. I think that's the same one that I did last week, but it wasn't on purpose. Uh, pick and play. What do you got for us on the pick em streets this week? So I like Amari Cooper and the role that he has seen. The yardage prop is sitting at 52 and a half for receiving yards. I, I, he's been way over that a bunch this season. Um, it's not the best matchup in the world by any means against a really good Baltimore defense, but I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to throw. Um, Watson has just locked into Cooper this season. Cooper has responded with a, with a great year. So give me Amari Cooper more than 52 and a half receiving yards. I'm trying to find it. Oh, there it is. Okay. Mari Cooper, more than 50. I always plug both of ours in as a two-pick play. Um, hold us accountable. Make us some money. Hold us accountable. Uh, I'm going to go to Geno Smith. I already talked about how I like him a lot this week. I'm going to go more than 244 and a half passing yards for Geno. Love this spot for him. Um, I was looking at some of his lines on some of the sports books, and like one of the best places you're going to get it right now is prize picks. Um, so I think this is a spot you jump on it right now. So. One of the first things I looked for was Metcalf receiving yards, and it's not up yet, but that that would pair beautifully with with that as well. 
Yeah, I was, I'm quickly trying to pull up um, the Hard Rock app and see. So they they okay they do have passing yards up for Washington. They still don't have it up for Seattle yet. So um, again, like you're playing the juice some places at even a higher line than this. So I like getting this more than 244 and a half on Prize Picks. Going to lock in Gino more than 244 and a half and Amari more than 52 and a half for our two pick play here on the morning grind this week. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Keith? Nice to have a good slate. Felt felt pretty rough about the slate last week. It, it was a difficult one. Turned out to not be a good one. Feel pretty good about this one. So hopefully we can get back to making some money here. All right. I'm going to go sweat some NBA. Need Aaron Gordon to get about 12 more fantasy points to have a really good night in NBA. Didn't look like it was going to be a good night, but I, there's a lot of duds, I guess, this, tonight. So uh, that happens on a 14-game slate. So we'll take them. <laughs> Hit our props uh, for NBA, so always happy when that happens. So hope everyone has a fantastic Thursday, Back Friday, in-season tournament slate. And um, I think we're really going to like these slates this year. So we'll be back tomorrow, NBA. Have a great day. We'll see you then.